Several players stood out in Miami's preseason loss on Wednesday night. None more than Haywood Highsmith and Jamal Kane. Have they done enough to earn a bigger role? Plus, whose stock is rising and falling? And we answer your questions on Nikola Jovich and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat and West Goldberg. Joining me as always, it's David Vermill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. We'll talk about the players whose stock is rising this preseason, plus our mixed reviews of Nikola Jovic in a little bit. But let's start with the player who stood out the most in the Heat's preseason loss to the Nets, and that's Haywood Highsmith. 15 points on 6 of 8 shooting, 3 of 4 on three-pointers, three rebounds, an assist, and a block in 27 minutes. Should be noted, no Jimmy Butler tonight. Uh, no Tyler Hero, no Kyle Lowry, no Kevin Love. Uh, Caleb Martin uh, and Jaime Hackers Jr. also out and a few others. But with that in mind, yeah. Haywood Highsmith gets the start. Do you think that Highsmith has made a strong enough case to earn the starting power forward job for real I'm, in the season? I am starting to lean that way. And I, maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment here. But what we saw from him is a high IQ player who knows how to get open, who looks infinitely more comfortable and confident in his three-point shot. Three of four is no laughing matter. And he was in rhythm with each and every attempt. I liked what he was able to do on the offensive end. And defensively, we already know what kind of a player he is. Making stops, running all over, creating havoc, just doing lots of good things. But he also initiating offense, like bringing the ball up, doing a lot of things in pick and roll with Bam or Thomas Bryant. Like there were different situations there for, for Haywood to make the most of tonight's opportunity. And he really stepped up, had a big game. I love the confidence that he is playing with. And I can't help but think that the the him just helping in the playoffs last year, yeah. when you do that and you're playing against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals and you've got minutes against the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals, you're like, and Haywood Tysmith said this after the game. He said, you know, it makes me feel like I really belong here, you know? And right. I think that's such an underrated thing when we talk about basketball is just guys believing in themselves, especially when they're undrafted. They're coming out of Absolutely. schools that nobody heard about, um, like Wheeling University. <laughs> you know, it's just like no NBA players come from there. And so it, it's hard, I guess, maybe there is, there could be like a little bit of imposter syndrome, for, no for instance. But there is a confidence with him. And, and he hits that third three-pointer of the game. And he turns to the bench and does the three-point monocle. And I turn to you, and I'm like, the guy's got a three-point celebration now. How many times, David, last year would we talk about Haywood Highsmith? And we would literally say this. If if he does something good mm-hmm. in the first couple of minutes yep. where he's on the court, yep. the rest of the game, it's like an avalanche. It's just it, it's snowball effect, and he's just he's playing with a ton of confidence and he's just so much more impactful. Yep. But if he can if he goes like one or two minutes without really doing a whole lot of anything, or God forbid something negative, right? He just is sort of a non-factor out there. That's right. The confidence is so much of Haywood Haywood's game. And now that he's got that from the playoff run, from the fact that he's been thrust sort of into real minutes here and trusted to have them and play them well, um, now that he's doing that, you're seeing that avalanche kind of happen on a more macro level. Yeah. And and we get the three-point monocle celebration, which I was I almost fell out of my chair. I think the baseline is just higher. You know, he's not going to get to those points. Maybe it was just a really good game. But it was against Brooklyn starters for the most part. I mean, they were missing Cam Johnson. But other than that, he was getting good quality minutes. Really against good a good, 
you know, starting lineup there. He was guarding Ben Simmons. He was switching on to Spencer Dinwiddie. He was doing pretty much guarding Mikal Bridges. Like Highsmith in the first quarter he contested Ben Simmons' clamps. shot. Yes. Clamps. Ben Simmons is kind of like a ball hog now. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Like he's like in this like all star revenge tour thing. Yeah. Um, and took a contested baseline jumper. Highsmith was right in his face, and then yeah, Mikal Bridges locked him up and, and forced a contested jumper from him. Yeah, it looks really good. I, and I think that point that you bring up about his confidence level. I think, again, the baseline is just so much higher than it was. He's not going to just let himself – he's going to make mistakes. Sure. And I want to be able to see him continue to fight through those. Mm. But tonight, it wasn't evident because, you know, it was just like at on from the moment he was on there on the floor, really, really impactful early on. He missed two shots later in the game when he was really tired. He runs around all game long. Yeah. He's always looking to do something. And it's just very focused now. And his ability to get open along the baseline, you and I were talking about it yeah. before we started recording, it was just – He's getting a lot of opportunities there where he just gets lost. A defender just forgets about Haywood Highsmith. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch those because his ability to get open within five feet of the basket along the baseline is uncanny. He just has an incredible sense of timing, high IQ, mm. whatever you want to call it. His training with Duncan Robinson has helped his shooting immeasurably. He just looks like a much better and I think a really quality NBA player. Like maybe not a great NBA player. I know we might be hyperbolic here, but I think he's earn a starting job i i don't know how that works i mean we can talk our way through it if you start well, him- wait hold on before the starting the starting job part i just right, want to piggyback right. on some of the points you make because i think they're really good ones the the, the comparison to pj tucker has been made a billion times already and he makes am, them and yeah. he keeps watching he's still watching pj tucker film that i love that he's sort of layered in like you were mentioning the duncan robinson stuff he worked for almost a month with duncan robinson over the summer just not not, not only on the three-pointers but Haywood Highsmith today, going out of his way to say, it's the pace that Duncan plays with. It's the basketball IQ stuff, too. I think that's a lot about what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is that he is ignored on the court, a little bit like P.J. Tucker, right? Where people are just going to leave him open in the corner and let him do his thing. Right. Haywood's sort of capitalizing on that, not just with the threes, but with the cutting to the basket and all these other things. He had this incredible like uh, uh, reverse layup off of a yes. cut. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't remember which Nets defender it was, but he was late closing out, but did, did but did kind of get a hand Sharp? there. And they were on sharp. They were on sharp. Yeah, it was a guy with size, so that yeah. that makes sense. And then Haywood just sort of going around the basket and finishing with the with the reverse there. But yeah, to your point, the starting job. I mean, it's him or Kevin Love. And look, I I don't want it to sound like we're overreacting to this because you and I had pegged Haywood Eismith as sort of the dark horse candidate before training camp even began That's right. to maybe start at power forward. He is already Miami's third best fourth best defender behind bam and jimmy yeah i'd probably be caleb and then highsmith so fourth best defender that's possible um you put him in that lineup with with jimmy and with bam i mean that's clamps dude like yeah. that's that's clamps and and you could switch everything from that point on and it kind of allows it frees you up to start an undersized backcourt of kyle lowry and telehero if you wanted to go that direction too if you were spoke now, the problem is that we've sacrificed a lot of size that way because with Highsmith on there, he's undersized 6'5 on a good day, basically. Yeah. He's got the reach, good rebounding neck, did okay tonight on the board. Yeah. But overall, though, I think what Kevin Love provides is, again, that ability to box out, grab a board, initiate offense with that fast break outlet pass of his. You know, he's supposed to a heady player. And, of course, there's the three-point shot there, which I think – more NBA players around the league probably respect that, and it's, so it draws away defenders, allowing Bam, Jimmy, et cetera, to work around the Regardless of the percentages, Kevin Love is going to create more space right. for Bam and Jimmy than Haywood Highsmith ever will. So it's it's a – look, again, it's hard to separate how good Haywood was tonight and whether or not we're just being prisoners of the moment, but I think it's so, a legitimate question about whether or not he's earned a starting job, but the fit might not necessarily be the best one. He can still start his role, though. 
And the more we talk about it, if Kevin Love winds up starting, he'll probably have a minutes restriction similar to what he did last year. A few minutes in the first, a few minutes in the third, and that's basically it. And Haywood, Nikola Jovic, et cetera, whoever you know, is having a hot hand that day can get more playing time. Maybe that makes Miami stronger because of its depth. Maybe it's matchup dependent. It could be. We've seen Spo do this before um, where I, I agree with you. The Kevin Love, with his spacing and his rebounding, Haywood Highsmith's not going to be able to match that, right? And like – it's just not going to happen. But what Highsmith, what Highsmith provides from a defensive perspective, you know, there's going to be certain matchups like Boston, for instance, right? There's There's been some, uh, are they going to start Al Horford with Kristaps Porzingis? In their last preseason game, they ended up just starting Porzingis, brought Horford right. off the bench, went small with uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown as their forwards. Like if they continue going Smith with there. that, Highsmith makes more sense against that team. Absolutely. As opposed to like if Boston decides to start Horford and Porzingis, then you probably start Kevin Love and Bam. I think Miami has to maybe match up against their opponent in that way because I don't think their top-end talent is such as teams as Boston and Milwaukee, but also one of their strengths is their depth and their versatility, which is what we've been talking about all preseason. So maybe maybe it is matchup-dependent. Look, I'm not ready to say that Haywood Highsmith should start over Kevin Love. Heck, we haven't really seen a whole lot of Kevin Love in this preseason. He might be great. He might come out in the opening to, to start the preseason and look fresh and, and young and, and all these things and and shooting at 39% from three-point range as opposed to 29% last year, right? Like, all these things could might happen, but... Um, Different strengths between each player, though. You've got size, rebounding, better passer in Kevin Love, and maybe the threat of the three-point shot. With Highsmith, he's a little bit quicker, certainly a much yeah. better defender at this point in his career. Um one player needed a big game to keep his hopes of earning a roster spot alive. And on Wednesday, he did. We'll tell you who it is after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of turmoil, whether it's natural or man-made, and that can lead to supply chain shortages for medications or the inability to get the medications that you need in a timely manner. Jay's case is a personalized emergency medication kit. It contains five essential antibiotics to treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections, but you can also customize your case to get additional life-saving medications based on your unique medical needs. Jace Medical now offers custom- customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. You can choose the ones that are best for you and your family's unique needs. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the code Locked On at checkout, and you get a $20 discount on your order. That's a promo code Locked On at jasemedical.com to get the health needs that you need. Welcome back to Locked On Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day or is tune in Friday to hear me try to talk David into trading for James Harden. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Uh, We call this segment Stock Watch during the regular season. Our second segment after games is usually either Blame Pie or Credit Cookies. Hopefully more Credit Cookies than Pie is handed out this season. But uh, we're not doing that in the preseason because wins and losses don't matter. Instead, we are doing Stock Watch. And we have a number of players to get to here. But the player I want to talk about first, David, is Drew Smith. Mm. He's the one that I was talking about and referring to in the tease going into, into this segment. There was a player on this roster who needed a big game, basically to keep it, to keep his hopes of making the regular roster alive. And I think, I think Drew Smith had his best game in the preseason and may have kept his hopes alive. Again, no Kyle Lowry tonight. Josh Richardson exiting the game after seven minutes with a right foot injury. He's going to uh, get some testing done. On Thursday, and we'll be—I'm sure—we'll get an update at that point, or at least by Friday. But um, that basically thrust Drew Smith into major minutes. He played 28 minutes tonight. 
uh, a team high just behind Justin Champagne, who somehow played 30 minutes tonight. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until I just looked at the box score. But uh, Drew Smith, big minutes night for him. Nine points, 10 assists, just three turnovers um, in those 28 minutes. I thought it was his best stretch of his preseason, specifically his first stint at point guard, yeah. where he had, I think, five points and five assists in eight or nine minutes before he was subbed out. Um, like I said, we needed to see something from him. My critique of Drew Smith all preseason long was, I don't know that he's out there. Yeah. And tonight, I did feel his presence, for, mostly for the better. Some worse things. He had, what, five fouls tonight? <laughs> yes, he did. Five fouls. Some more, you minutes. felt it there, too. But, but mostly what he did, I thought, was very positive. Three turnovers as well. I, I think with well, yes. ten assists, that's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, I, I think it's the the offensive end came around a little bit more today, and his shot wasn't falling. Just four of twelve, but he was aggressive and looking for his shot. But he was also getting everybody else going, and he was settling in again against major, you know, competition here. There was he was facing most of Brooklyn starters. Uh, ben Simmons, a good defender. Mikal Bridges, very good defender as well. Dinwiddie went at him too. Yeah. So yeah, he had a lot of different opportunities there, and he showed out. He did a really good job. I thought he was settled in for the most part. Some of his shot attempts were more forced than anything else, but in terms of the passing, I think he took his uh, – I was surprised to see him be this effective with the 10 assists, uh, but he was really, really engaged. Had a nice – Tandem there going with the, the pick and roll situation. I think he worked well with Orlando Robinson, Thomas Bryant yeah. before that as well. Uh, a really solid outing for him. And I think he's established himself as the backup point guard, you know, maybe the third rate, third ring, the string point guard, I guess. Yeah. It's depending on where you look at Josh Richardson and his role of the team. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a uh, work in progress. The finishing is a problem with him. And it always he, will be, it, 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 it's tough for him to finish around the basket. He doesn't have an explosive jumping ability. He's not particularly a, a huge, even at that point guard spot. He's I undersized his touch is off. Too. Yeah, the touch is off. So he's never going to be a great finisher. But um, that three-point shot, I would like to see more of. He took just three three-pointers in this one. Went one of three, which is, you know, fine. Three is not a lot of a big sample size. But, um, you know, I, I still don't really know if he's an NBA player. I just know that. He needs to show more stuff, and he did that. This was a step in the right direction for him. In terms of his role in the team, I still think that you could keep him on that two-way spot um, and have enough there. Like You could play, what is it, 50 games on that two-way spot. You're going to be ineligible for the playoffs, but I don't think they look at Drew Smith at this point as somebody who's they're going to rely on in the playoffs. So um, You've got Kyle Lowry. You've got Josh Richardson. You have Tyler Hero, who can run your second-unit offense and, and even some first-unit offense with that pick-and-roll with Bam. So I don't know that you need Drew Smith on a night-to-night basis. But, like, I would say, you know, we're kind of talking about the 15-man roster. You could even argue that his spot on one of the two-ways was at risk a little bit. Like, those could be swapped out at any time without impacting the salary cap. That's how those two-way contracts work. You need to have three of them. He's got one of them. Jamal Cain has the other one. And R.J. Hampton, who didn't play tonight with the injury, has the other one. So, you know, those those spots are not guaranteed. They're far from it. Um, but I think he solidified himself tonight. But the other guy whose stock is up is Jamal Cain. Way up. Like this has been a heck of a week for Jamal Kane. Uh tonight, seven points on three of nine shooting, but 14 rebounds. It was not the m- highest scoring night. This was not 24 points against the Spurs, outscoring Wemby. This was not even the night he had before, but uh against Memphis. But it was still a really strong night, and Eric Spolster continues to sing his praises. Yes, absolutely. Uh, when asked what the what stood out the most 
from tonight's game, the first point he made over even Haywood Heisman was Jamal Kane, and that was a little surprising. And then he kind of followed up with saying H gave his good minutes. Yeah. I guess that's his nickname for Haywood. But Jamal Kane, that was what stood out to me first, and before I started seeing Haywood Heisman take over offensively and feel much more comfortable with that three point shot. I liked his energy. I liked what he was doing uh, defensively, switching very well, moving his feet well. I think this might have been like the best effort we've seen from Kane. A lot of people have been high on him and hopeful that he'll take the next leap. You kind of saw it tonight. Again, speaking of leaping, man, Drew Smith found him for an alley-oop, and I he was floating was, like John Morant, that like was, floating. That was, nice. that was, that was I, I, again, my jaw dropped a little bit. Is H the worst nickname that you can have? Is it if it's just like, hey, we don't really have a nickname for you, well, so just it's going to be the no, first letter of your name? Wood, you could go with Woody. That's probably, Woody's probably worse than H. Woody's probably worse i understand that it's eight but like he's got two of them you can't be like h twice h squared h squared sounds worse than just i think h twice is fine i mean give me two h's double h just h just the one h i think he's i think he's played so well i think he's graduated to to get in the two double h um we need to figure it out for haywood you're right i like like, uh anyway to get back to jamal kane more important matters stock stock is rising with kane uh you know a week ago before he had his monster game we were wondering whether or not he'd be able to carve out a roster spot now he's emerged as Miami's best player. Well, Favorites between Drew, Jamal, and probably Swider at this point. Yeah. Uh, for that for that final and fourteenth roster spot, I think it would be Jamal Kane. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I actually on Swider, uh, I think actually his stock might be dropping a little bit. Wow. Um, I know you don't necessarily want to say this on a guy who had a big night shooting wise, five of ten. But as I voiced to you before we started recording, the more I watched him trying to see what he does well when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Not much. And it's unfortunate because I think he's smart enough, but he's also trying so hard to make a name for himself, to establish himself as a scorer and shooter, that he kind of wind up sacrificing yeah. other aspects of his game. Not much of a passer. Looked off a couple of teammates on occasion. Defensively, he was broken down to Spo mentioned that he uh, he missed, um, what was it, Orlando Robinson, or missed Bam? on in the fourth quarter or something he missed he missed the uh, a pass that he was supposed to make uh, on on the roller to yeah. set the screen for him but um look i'm with you you know it wasn't the 17 point explosion he had against charlotte in the preseason opener in that fourth quarter that helped the heat win the game but that three-point shot man is pure and as long as he shoots like that he's he's, he's gonna a have a spot somewhere i, I think yeah, maybe learning. it's only limited to a two-way spot but he's also young it's only a second year in the nba and he's learning and i think if he's gonna learn all those things that you said that you were talking about the things that he is missing in his game it's a very fair critique for him mm-hmm. uh but those are those are areas of opportunity i think is how the heat would frame that yeah. and i think that's a fair way to frame it considering how young he is and how raw he is because yeah. he's pretty he's a raw kind of player he's a he's a pure shooter but outside of that, he's still trying to figure out how that fits and, and sort of the, the domino effect of that and how that has what that has on his game. Um, the way that we've seen Duncan Robinson improve. But um, two other guys whose stock is up. Duncan Robinson. I have been so impressed with him in this preseason. The passing is so underrated at this point. I mean, he is what? He's one of the best five passers on Miami's roster at this Toss point. Toss a hell of a lob, too, to, to Bam Adebayo, I think it was a- his his cutting is his has gotten so much better. His chemistry, his two man game with Bam Adebayo has yeah. turned from Bam just handing it off to Duncan Robinson, curling around screens, to Duncan Robinson handling the ball and pick and rolls with Bam. And the way that they flow into them, they just have such a great game together. Whatever Spo has to do in the regular season to maximize their minutes on the floor together, he has to do it because that two man game is better than it's ever been. 
yeah, you asked Spo about it, and he concurred. I think I think it's uh, pretty evident the way that they're working, even with the shots not falling, and it wasn't for Duncan tonight, just one of six. It was still a plus minus 15, highest on the team, just basically making plays for others, doing a really good job, and you and I were both commenting on this. Zero fouls for a guy who had been so foul-prone for most of his career to avoid any kind of foul trouble in 23 minutes of play. Really impressive. He looks like he's stabilized. He looks like he's more comfortable. Strange that, you know, he's, he's looking to take shots outside of the three-point range or inside, rather, the three-point range. Uh, had a couple of mid-range shots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple of floaters in the lane. Wasn't, again, those weren't really knocking him down, but he was really impactful. Really good game from Duncan. Uh, one other guy is Bam Adebayo. I think we get so hyper-focused on, on these like, young he's guys and the fringe guys. Bad. But, man, he's, his stock is up. He's playing a great preseason. The four blocks against Jaron Jackson and the Grizzlies. Uh, tonight, just super aggressive. aggressive. Uh, As you would expect. 14, yeah. 14, 15, 15 field attempts in, in 15, 15 minutes. minutes. That's- I love it. I love it. I love what we're seeing from Bam. This dude is so ready to start the regular season. I think this is going to be, and the, for a lot of reasons, not just because of a couple of preseason games. This could be Bam's best season of his career. I mean, this and it should be. He's in the sweet spot of his prime. Exactly. So I just thought it was worth shouting out the you know the best player on the court for the Heat tonight. <laughs> uh, it has not been an awesome preseason for Nikola Jovic for a lot of reasons. We'll tell you if we're concerned after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. Just sign up. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in Friday to hear me try to talk David into trading for James Harden. I really think it's a good idea. You've laid out a good case. Yeah, and you're still not budging. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Uh, thanks to everybody who sent in questions for today's postgame show on Twitter or X, or whatever, using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Felix writes in, do we still feel good about Nikola Jovic? He's looking rushed on offense to me. I think that was a a great description. I thought it was a great observation by Felix, because I was feeling the same thing watching this game. Jovic seemed just a little rushed, a little out of sorts, as if he didn't really know where it is that he fits onto this team. He got going later on. There's a few plays that I want to talk about here in a second, but at first, I don't I'm just a little concerned. Look, it's been a weird preseason for him. He played seven minutes uh, in, in the first preseason game. Hasn't played until again until tonight. Um, how many minutes did he get tonight? It was the 23, 24 minutes. So a nice sample uh, here. But again, I, I don't know that we're, he's delivering on the hype that I think people anticipated. No, certainly. I mean, I was part of it as well. I thought uh, coming off of his summer and the way we talked to him, his confidence level and everything else like that, we were both pretty high on what his impact might be capable of. But then the injury derailed him. Uh, Eric Spolster going out of his way in the postgame press conference to talk up Nicola a little bit to say, you know, how good it was to just see him out there. That He's kind of just uh, working his way back, etc. I don't know. I don't. I, the injury, I'm sure, kind of takes him out of it to some degree. But I think you're making a good point there in terms of how lost, uh, out of sorts. He yep. looked alongside those teammates. You know, the passing wasn't quite pinpoint. He looked much more effective when he had the ball in his hands in transition, pushing the ball up. Yes. I think those were his best moments of the game. And at the same time, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, 
he's not quite sure what to do. He gets a little lost. Does he just drift to the corner? Or does he, does he, there's one opportunity there where I think he wound up having a pick and roll. I want to say with Orlando Robinson, and he wound up catching the ball in the wing, letting it fly for a three point shot. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's good because that was something that we did not see last year, mm-hmm. that comfort level. And I think, you know, he, again, the confidence after a good summer is evident. To answer the question, I, I think that there should be no, I don't, I'm not concerned. I'm really I can't be concerned. I think we're more, I'm more concerned about whether or not he can carve out a role for this team. Yeah. Not that there's a talent deficiency or anything like that. I think he's still capable. I think he'd still do good things, but given the way that this team is run with either Bam or Jimmy initiating most of the offense, which is why the uh, the point guard position has been so greatly mitigated to the point of non-importance, that's what Kyle Lowry is likely to start. I don't see that mm. Nikola Jovic has a clear-cut path to earning a lot of playing time. This, there's a lot of responsibility on the Miami Heat to figure this out. This is the guy who you hyped up that you had apparently kept out of certain trades, um, and, and they're high on. They drafted him in the first round like a year ago, right, for a reason. Um, you mentioned the rush, like all the rushing, all the feeling, the uncomfortable stuff. I thought a big part of Nikola night was the fact that he was not playing with a real point guard, somebody that you trust to run the offense. I mean, heck, there was minutes there where Jamal Cain was running the offense. We like Jamal Cain a lot as a wing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. he is not a point guard. But because there was no Lowry, because Josh left after his first seven, seven minutes, minutes or whatever it was, um, he was playing without a point guard for for a lot of the time. And I don't think that helped him. He What what it was he on, on threes tonight? He was two of six. He made one catch. He got one just like normal in the rhythm of an offense catch and shoot three pointer. Everything else did feel rushed and disorganized and off of loose balls and offensive rebounds and just chaotic things. And that's just not what his game is right now. If like we saw with team Serbia, you got Bogdan Bogdanovich running the offense, experienced guys on that Serbian national team, running your offense, getting into pick and roll and doing what it is that they want to do on offense. And then Nikolovic just wide open in the, in the corner, hitting catch and shoot jumpers. He only got one of those looks tonight, and he made it. He swished it. He's He is shooting it with a ton of confidence. I'm not worried about that. To, same thing as you. I'm not concerned about Nico. And, and like I said, I, I was actually really impressed with how he ended the game. A couple of plays that stood out. He had a deflection that ultimately ended up not being a turnover uh, because he deflected it out of bounds. But I just loved how he jumped that passing lane and disrupted Brooklyn's possession. He recovered a loose ball and found Cole Swider down the court where Swider had a layup. Um, he attacked a closeout, missed the layup, but then saved the ball and made a corner three. I thought that was very impressive uh, where we saw that sort of athleticism and that length and obviously the confidence with that three ball that, he, that he's got a quick trigger on. And he knew, nearly drew a foul late at the end of the game that, that got reversed. Right. But it could have been three free throws at the line. I would have loved to see whether or not he sank those free throws because we, we could have gotten a real <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, test of his fortitude there. But. But, um, but you know what? I think the game itself, though, was a testament to his fortitude because he did wind up improving at first looking a little rusty, maybe attributed to the injury. It's hard to know for certain. I think uh, it was part of it. And yeah. the fact that he's ever played with the, this, these guys with those lineups in that right. group, it's very weird. Yeah, a little chaotic for him. Uh, and I think he responded well overall to have an okay game. Some of his minutes were a little shaky, mm-hmm. and I think that's all right. And again, it's a preseason. That's what it's for. This is basically his first real preseason action and for him to be able that's to get point. out there you know, and, and improve as the game went on. Again, I think it shows the talent level and the fact that he's much more comfortable this year than he was last. Well, that'll do it for today's post-game show from Kaseya Center. It'll be our last preseason show mm-hmm. from Kaseya Center because you know what happens next. That's right.
Games that matter. Games that count in the standings. Super excited for the regular season. We will be with you uh, throughout the regular season with our post-game shows. Again, from Kaseya Center for these home games. Uh, and then we'll be from our studios. Uh, or studios or homes. studio Home studios um, for the away games. So thanks so much for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in Friday to hear me try to convince David that trading for James Harden is a good idea. It's going to go down. I've been on this for a while. David has been on the opposite side of this fence. I'm going to try to bring him to the right. I'm going to try to show you the light. Uh, I'll be drinking heavily during that segment. Don't worry about it. I I have been drinking heavily for a few weeks now. (laughs) Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app.